Next on Contemplate. He, he makes it stark. He makes it clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. What does that leave room for? Nothing. Either or. Some choices are no big deal, like which shirt to wear. Others are huge and can change the course of our lives and our eternity. Here's Pastor David with some help. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 13. It says this, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes? from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, Jesus is teaching about two ways. Two ways. And he uses several different ways to put that out. He talks about two paths. He talks about two prophets. He talks about two Christians. And he talks about two houses. In each case, there are only two options for us. There are only two options for the men, women, and children walking around on this planet. And I know that there is an issue that sort of arises when we talk about two options. It's the either or versus both and issue. Either or versus both and. An either or decision means there are two choices and you must choose only one of them. A both-and decision means you have two options, and you could choose both of them if you wanted to. For instance, let's say that you, want, you have a choice between you want the red team to win or you want the blue team to win. If the red team wins, the blue team loses. If the blue team wins, the red team loses. It's either or. 
One or the other, right? There's no everybody wins, okay? That can't happen. So it's either or, as opposed to a both and situation. Like, let's say someone asks you the question, hey, everybody, we're about to do dessert. Do you want cake or ice cream? To which the answer is always yes, right? (laughs) Yes, both and, and whatever else you got back there. Bring it out. Yes, both and. Now, we have become a both and culture about everything. Not just about both and type stuff like cake and ice cream, but about everything, even either or issues. We want to be tolerant and accepting, which is a good thing, by the way. Traditional, traditionally defined tolerance and acceptance is good. It means you can have a different idea than me. We can disagree, and I'm not going to physically get into a fight with you. I'm not going to treat you like you have less value. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to treat you equally, even though I disagree with you. But tolerance has now come to mean not that I tolerate views that I disagree with, but instead tolerance has come to mean acceptance of all views as equally true. All views as equally valid. Now that's a problem. As Dr. Ravi Zacharias puts it, he says, people are equal, ideas are not. And that's true. People are equal. You should treat everyone with dignity and respect as made and created in the image and likeness of God. That does not mean all of their ideas are equally true. There are all kinds of ideas that are not equal to each other. Some people believe that the pyramids were made by aliens. Some people believe that the pyramids were made by people. Those are not equally valid ideas. Most of you are like, yeah, they were made by people, and there's like three people back here. You're like, definitely aliens. Either way, okay? (laughs) Whatever happens to be the case with the pyramids, the ideas are not equally valid. One of them is true, and one of them is false, okay? They're not equally valid. They're not equally valid. Ideas generally are not, especially when they disagree with one another. So you can't say everything is equally true, because by saying that, what you're really saying is that nothing is really true. Nothing is really true. Because if things are equally true and those things contradict one another, then nothing is really true if they're all true. But that's a society that we're in now. And this philosophy has become the basic belief system of so many people, even people who would claim to be Christians. I've picked this up. They'll say things like this. They'll say, I'm a Christian, and and, and I follow the Bible, and that's my path. But who am I to tell you anything about what your path should be? I'm a Christian. It works for me. But you do you. That is both and thinking. And it's false. It ignores everything that Jesus is saying here. There are no other ways. There are no other ways. It's either or. It's either or. It's a confusion of reality to think that you can have multiple things that contradict one another that can be true at the same time. It's it's a mistake about who you are. It's an error about what truth is. And it is an absolute misunderstanding of God and what he has told us very clearly. We cannot have everything be true because not everything is true. We cannot have every road lead to God because there are two paths and one of them leads to destruction. We cannot follow the way that Jesus tells us to go and at the same time be on the road that the world wants us on. It's either or. It's either or. 
when it comes to truth, when it comes to God, it is either or, there is no both and. For some people, that seems very narrow-minded. You may have heard that. You're very narrow-minded to say that Jesus is the only way. Christians are very narrow-minded because they think that they're right and everybody else is wrong. And so people get offended by that, and they just they reject either-or thinking. Here's the problem. When they call either-or thinking narrow-minded, when they allow themselves to be offended by either-or thinking, what they're actually doing is either-or thinking. Because they're telling you that what you think is wrong while trying to say that everything is right, except, of course, what you think. It's still either-or thinking. In this postmodern world, you come and you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And they'll say something like, that's true. And so is, fill in the blank, Buddha, Allah, whatever, whatever, whatever. They all go to the same place. Every road leads to heaven. So yes, you're right, your road does lead there. But everybody else's road leads there too. That's what people say. And they feel like by saying this, they're more enlightened because they're including more options. But let me explain something to you. It is no more enlightened to have lots of options than to have a single option. In both cases, it's narrow-minded. It says, I'm correct and everyone else is wrong. The person who says everything is right is saying, I'm correct that everything is right. And anybody who says only their thing is right is wrong. Just like I'm saying, I believe my thing is right, and all other options that are against my thing are wrong. There's no difference. They're just as narrow-minded. It's just a trick to believe that you are more enlightened, but you're just as narrow-minded about truth as you should be. Truth is a narrow-minded thing. Truth is either true or it's false. You should be narrow-minded about the things that you believe. We all are, right? We believe that the things that we believe are true and that the opposites of those things are false. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you ought to be. I don't know how you could live otherwise. I believe that this chair will hold me and I believe that it won't hold me. Well, I don't know whether I'm going to sit in that. And I don't want to stand all the time, so I cannot be both and about truth. Christians believe that Jesus is God and that those who say that Jesus is not God are wrong. It's okay to believe that. Because it's true. Even if it offends. We believe that the Bible is the revealed word of God. And that people who say that it's not the revealed true word of God are wrong. And we have evidence for that belief. But we believe it. We don't say it's true and so are all other so-called holy books that disagree with it. It can't be that way. That's impossible. We believe what is true is true, either or. That's the nature of the truth. There's no both and when it comes to truth. The devil is the both and person, just FYI. And it starts right in Genesis 3 when it comes to truth. He comes to Eve and he's like, hey, I see you're taking a gander at that tree over there. Why not have a little bit of that? I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This is not the original Hebrew. Eve says something to the effect of God said, We're not allowed to have that or we'll die. And what does he say? Both and. You can have it and not die. You will not surely die. You can eat it and live. Well, she ate it and she did. Okay? There was no both and. It really was either or because when God says something is either or, it's either or. 
Now, Satan may try to tempt you into thinking that you can both and your way through life, but you cannot. And Jesus could not make that more clear. When it comes to following Jesus, you cannot take the sayings of Jesus as both and with the sayings of everybody else and with the sayings of the world. You cannot take scripture as both and with scripture and the philosophies of the world. It's either or. Look, Jesus says he's God. He says he is the only way to the Father. Jesus says there's a heaven and a hell. He talks about hell a lot. You can't deny these things. And by saying it's my way, but you can have your own way, you are denying those things. You feel like you're being nice. You feel like you're being accepting. You feel like you're being tolerant. But what you're doing is you're denying the power of the truth of God. And you're lying to people. It's not both and. It's either or. I've talked before about C.S. Lewis and his, what they call the trilemma. And the trilemma is pretty simple. A lot of people will say something like, I believe that Jesus was a good teacher and a good man, but I don't believe that he was God. And the problem that C.S. Lewis brings up is that if that's true, if he's a good teacher and he's a good man, he could not have said the things that we know he said. Because good teachers and good men who aren't God don't say things like, I'm God. <laughs> right? Who says I'm God? The guy down at the bus stop who's talking to himself. That's who says I'm God. I mean, honestly, that's who says I'm God. People who are nuts. Right? And we don't believe, when we see the guy down at the, at the bus stop and he says I'm God, we don't go, it's God. Let's go follow him. No, we go, this guy's got something wrong. We pray for him, but we don't believe that he's God. So there's basically three choices. Jesus was crazy, which there's absolutely zero evidence to believe that anyone thought that he was. He could not have been less crazy. Okay, so that's out. Or he's a liar. He said he was God so that he could get all the benefits of things like not having a place to lay his head, not having, you know, uh, not having anybody like him, having everybody leave him, people threaten to kill him, and then people killing him, right? Big benefits. So he either lied or he was crazy, or what he said was true. He's God. Either or. He never left it open. He does such a good job in Scripture. You know, go figure, since he's God. But he does such a good job of never leaving open the possibility of a both and. He, he makes it stark. He makes it clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. What does that leave room for? Nothing. Either or. Either or. And he's doing it again here. He's given us two paths. They're all either ors. None of them are both ands. Two paths, two prophets, two Christians, and two houses. Let's get into these. Every one of them is an either or. None of them is both ends. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, Matthew 7, 13 through 14, we already read it. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now Jesus lays this out very clearly. There is a path that leads to life and there is a path that leads to destruction. Two paths Either or. You're going to be on one of them. There's not a third path that leads to Walmart or whatever. There's just life and destruction. That's it. 
You're going to pick one or the other. What's the difference between them? One of them is narrow and one of them is wide. One of them is narrow and one of them is wide. That is the difference. You're either on the wide path that's very easy to find and is very popular. Okay? Popular. You want to be popular? You want everybody to like you? You want to go on social media and be like, bam, bam, and have everybody be like, you're the best. You want the love of the world? You will not be on the narrow path. You cannot be on the narrow path and be loved by the world. It can't happen. Who was on the narrow path? Jesus. Was he loved by the world? History says no. They killed him. You cannot be on the narrow path and be vastly popular. Now, can you have amazing, incredible, life-giving relationships? Yeah, you can. In fact, I would say you can only have that significant of relationships on the narrow path. The people in this room, the people that are part of Acts Church and, and the church across the world are there to be with you, but you will not be popular according to the ways of the world on the narrow path. You got to give that up. It's the harder path. It's the praying path and the fasting path and the studying the word path and the going against the flesh when it says, do this, do that. Cheat here, take a little thing over here, have a few more, you'll be okay. Don't worry about the way you treated your wife, don't worry about the way you treated your husband, don't worry about the way you treated your kids, don't worry about the boss, take that home with you, no one's going to know. All of that has to go to the side. See, that's wide path stuff. Narrow path stuff is no, I live for Jesus, I serve Jesus, I follow Jesus, I stay on that path. That's the narrow path. Now. I want to deal with an issue with this particular section. Some people look at this section and they say, well, what it looks like Jesus is saying is that there's a wide path with lots of people on it that's going to hell and a narrow path with barely anybody on it that's going to heaven. And if that's true, then people will assume or judge that God is not very good if he would let so many people go to hell and so people will go to heaven and they struggle with it. And they judge the goodness of God over that issue. Let me just give you a few things. Don't do that. Don't do that. And here's why. The salvation of other people or how many people are going to heaven versus how many people are going to hell and all that, whatever that is, that is not your main concern in life. That is not your main concern in life. This passage is not there for you to judge the goodness of God. You are not God's judge. That passage, this passage is here for you to reflect on yourself. It's for you to reflect on your own life. Now, we studied the passage before in John where Jesus is risen from the dead. And he's, he's hanging, he's walking with the disciples. And he basically tells Peter that he's going to die and sort of how he's going to die. Which is not always the news you want to hear. So he's sitting there and Peter, instead of reflecting on that or whatever, decides to ask Jesus, well, what are you going to do with John, this other disciple over here? Right, that's what he does. So we pick it up in John 21, uh, verse 20. It says this. Then Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's what John calls himself in the, in the book of John. He calls himself the disciple Jesus loved. It's kind of like Moses who, you know, says, Moses was the most humble man on the earth, he writes in the Pentateuch. So anyway, um, this is the disciple Jesus loved. So the disciple Jesus loved who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So this is John. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. What is that to you? 
What is what God is doing with somebody else to you? Who are you to judge that? Do not presume to judge how the Lord deals with his people that he created. That's you and everyone else. You worry about you. You follow him. Let him sort the rest of all that out. So you better not come into my house and start telling me how to raise my kids, just like I wouldn't go into your house and start telling you how to raise yours because I don't have any jurisdiction there. And let me tell you where you definitely don't have any jurisdiction. Judging the way that God deals with the people who he created in his image and likeness and who he tells us that he loves. That's not for you to do. What you do know, what you can know, is how God is dealing with you. Like we learned a couple episodes ago, our place is not to judge others. We have enough stuff to deal with in our own lives, don't we? I hope you'll join us next time for more important truth from God's Word. And let me also invite you to come see us this Sunday morning. Axe Church is real easy to find in Vancouver, Washington, and you can get all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and be sure to be here next time for more Bible teaching with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.